Your one stop for exclusive interviews. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma quarterback commit Cooper Wilcox. Cooper, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Man, really, the culture that the coaches show as soon as you walk in the doors, they make it feel like your family. They make it feel like a, a healthy environment to come and play football. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma senior H-back Dante McGee. Dante, thank you for taking time this morning to talk to me. This is honestly a once-a-lifetime thing, you know. Usually you get your five years and you're done, but you know, you get an extra year of play. I was like, you know what, I, I want to come back. I want to spend another year with these guys. Post game press conferences. I didn't really like my first read, so I was just went to playmaker mode. Game previews, recaps, brought to you by me, your host, JG Smith. You're listening to the Cho Show only on the Suave Report. Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Cho Show podcast presented by TheSwampReport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodall, a.k.a. J.J. Smooth. This is day three of four as far as content goes. I hope you all are still holding strong with me here. Uh, I appreciate the support on the first two, the Kyler, pa- uh, yeah, Kyler Patterson one-on-one and the Jalik Lewis one-on-one had a both both nice fun time with both of those gentlemen there uh and we have our second coach of the year uh, we have obviously we had coach uh sanders on earlier i did what's uh we got pretty good feedback so i then decided to reach out to more coaches and uh i got three on the way here and we have one tomorrow one today and so uh, without further ado i'm gonna go ahead and bring on my guest now I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma tight end coach and recruiting coordinator, Dimitri Donald. Uh, coach, thank you for taking time this afternoon or this evening to talk to me. Uh, could you start by telling the viewers and listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, no uh, no problem. First of all, I want to say uh, thanks for allowing me to be able to come on here. Um, but like you said, man, my name is Dimitri Donald. Uh, I'm the tight ends coach and recruiting coordinator uh, here at Central Oklahoma. Um, I'm originally from League City, Texas, which is about south of Houston. Played college football at uh, West Texas A&M, a Division II school in the uh, Lone Star Conference. Uh, played there for four years. Um, finished up with my uh, bachelor's in accounting. Didn't think I wanted to be a football coach. Um, a high school coach, Clint Harvin, actually told me in high school I'd probably be a good football coach. And I was like, no, nah, I don't think I want to do that. Um, but was doing business stuff, working at a bank for about two years, and got a call to uh, Harding University where um, I started my coaching career as a GA coaching receivers. I was there for one season, uh, learned a lot. Then, you know, was blessed to move to Georgia Southern. Um, I was there three years, uh, became full-time there, uh, year 2020, full-time receivers coach. Uh, then bounced to Abilene Christian after the year there and linked up with Coach Doral. And I was there one season and, you know, things didn't really work out. He decided to bring me along here to the University of Central Oklahoma. So, um, got some family down, down in a uh, lot in Oklahoma. So it was kind of a, you know, when they heard I got offered this job, they were kind of like, you got to go, you know, my grandma and them. Uh, but so I've been here, man, since January and, um, you know, one of you to come over with them and just been, you know, trying to get things going. And it's been, it's been fun, exciting, man. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, now you mentioned that you, you played, you were, I believe you were like an all district, all county, all state receiver as a senior over yeah. a thousand yards. So, okay, so for those who haven't seen you play, how would you have described your game? Um, I was 
I wasn't always the fastest. Uh, I was not very fast. You can ask anybody that. Um, not fast at all, man. Um, I was more so – I was quick. Uh, I was a smaller, quick receiver, and I had uh, really good hands. Uh, really, really good hands. I was a really good route runner. Um, that's why, like, I prided myself on just being a technician and uh, really focusing on the finer details of the game because I didn't have that elite top-end speed um, like a lot of guys – some guys are blessed with, so <clears> – <throat> Uh, and then what what made you uh, d- d- decide that West Texas A&M was where you wanted to play your college football? Uh, West Texas, well, I'm not going to lie to you. When I first went on my visit to West Texas, um, it was snowing and, you know, coming from Houston and we don't get a lot of that. So <laughs> I was I remember I remember showing up and me and my mom, my dad, we got to the hotel to check in. I remember telling like, man, I'm not coming here. <laughs> I wasn't. I mean, I just wasn't. It was just nah. I just couldn't do the cold, man. And then, you know, I, I think what really sold me um, is I met one of my like one of my best friends, um, Ethan Morris. We were both team captains of West Texas. I met him. And then on my visit, you know, Britton, Britton Golden and Jeremy Watson were hosting me on my visit. And, um, you know, my position coach, Jared May, uh, was a was a big factor in me going there. Um, and ultimately, in the long run, man, I were, you know, it was, it was pretty much the best decision for me. Looking back on it, just the connections I made, the relationships I made there. And then, oh, I got to give a shout out to Coach Sarah Ramey, our strength coach at West Texas, also played a huge role in me going there. Um, just meeting with her on a visit and her, hearing her speak about, you know, the development aspect of it, you know, from a weight room standpoint, uh, it just felt like the right fit. Uh, and I believe you were a two-time team captain. What did that What did that mean to you to not only be a captain once but twice? Uh, it was just, I mean, it was – it was really humbling, honestly, you know, going into it, being team captain your junior year and team captain your senior year, just being voted on by your peers. I think, you know, it, for me, I think that's like one of the biggest honors, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, everybody sees a guy who's, you know, leading the team in catches and, and touchdowns and making all the tackles. But I think being voted team captain is, is a big deal um, as a player, especially if you can be voted as team captain as an underclassman. Uh, and in 2012, I think you all you won the long you won the conference, and then you got to uh, I think it was the semis. What yeah. what about that 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 year uh, stands out to you the most? Uh, I think the thing that stood out the most that year was just um, the guys. Really, we had a really good team, um, and you know West Texas has always been a dominant you know Division two program, and not only football but all sports. Um, but winning conference that year was was a really great feeling just because in high school uh, I played on some really good teams, but never did get, you know, a chance to win a state championship. So uh, that championship was really my first um, championship on the football level. And then uh, going all the way to the semis, you know, we get, fell up one game short uh, from the national championship game and ended up losing to uh, Winston-Salem um, that year. But, you know, it was just the guys in the older group and learning a lot from them and just kind of learning how to win, honestly. And then, Understanding, I, you know, my role is important. I played majority special teams um, that year, and it was just, you know, it was a really, really fun year of football. Uh, so then your your playing career ends, and you said you went into banking. So then how do we go from banking to, <laughs> to coaching? Man, it was, it was nuts. So I really went into – I decided to get my accounting degree because I remember, like, when I was younger, like, my mom used to pay somebody to do her taxes. I was like, dang, like people pay people to do taxes for them. So I was like, man, that sounds dope. And I was like, man, I get into accounting, like get a business degree, always have a job with a business degree. Um, and I was doing a banking deal and 
you know, I did that for two years. It wasn't bad. Um, but just sitting behind a desk, you know, suit and tie really didn't fit me. Um, I started, you know, helping out volunteer in my high school a little bit. Um, and then, you know, got the call to go GA, uh, which, you know, when I first told my dad, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go GA and, you know, work for free, basically. At Harding. <laughs> um, they was like, dang, that's crazy. That Why would you do that? But my mom was like, they're going to pay for you to get your masters. Like, go get out of my house. I was like, all right, let's go. So I went there, man. It was a it was a learning curve, but it was a it was a good decision. It all worked out for me. So what 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 was the hardest part of the transition into coaching for you? Uh, I think the hardest part for me uh, was I want to say just going to Harding. I had my own room to start off with, um, so I think the hardest part was just understanding that separation from player and coach. Because when I first started, like I said, twenty seventeen, I was just two years removed from playing. Um, so just understanding that, you know, you're not a player anymore. You know what I mean? Um, now you're a coach. You got to teach and, and understanding one that the kids that you're teaching, um, you got to find out their different learning styles um, and figure out how you can more so effectively communicate to each and all of them, understanding that they all learn differently. Uh, some guys, some guys learn by watching films, some learn by being on the board. Um, some learn by walkthroughs, actually getting out there on the field and doing it. Um, I think that's the biggest adjustment, really. And then for me, it was crazy because I went from a spread high, a spread offense in high school to a spread offense in college. And then my first coaching job was earning triple option, coaching the receivers. So I was like, dang. So having to learn a whole new offense, man, and move to a whole nother state. Um, but Ethan Morris actually helped me get the job. So like having him there, we lived together, it kind of made the transition a little smoother. Um, and then I was be able, I was blessed to be with um, some really good coaches with Paul Simmons and Matt Underwood and those guys down at Harding. So, good year. So, how long do, do you feel like it took you to kind of get a good hang on 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 coaching? Um, I want to say it really, I got down there in the summer. I got down there probably early July. Um, was able to meet all the guys. We had a lot of guys there for the summer. Um, but I think I want to say my, that fall camp, fall camp really, that whole fall camp really helped me, honestly, um, trying to kind of transition. Um, I will say this is my first time being in there, um, in a staff meeting, offensive staff meeting with Kenny Whedon and going through the option who he's awesome. Uh, when it comes to option football, I was confused. Cause like, as a player, you think, you know, football. And then like you get in there with coaches and it's like, dang, I didn't know nothing about football. <laughs> um, but. Uh, no, it, I want to say that fall camp and that whole season, I was just kind of learning on the go, uh, you know, watching a diff lot of different clinics and a lot of different coaches uh, who I got respect for and just calling different, like my high school coaches and calling them, seeing things that they did, reaching out to other people in the profession um, and just kind of finding my way and finding my own coaching style. So I want to say like that first season, I didn't really click until like halfway through, you know what I mean? Um just leaning on a lot of different people um, and not being, a, not being afraid to ask for help. I remember like Chris Hill, who was the OC at the time I was in his office a lot. Um, Matt Underwood, all those guys just asking for help and different tips and pointers and everything as that season uh, progressed. And you mentioned during that time you found your, your, your coaching style. How, how would yeah. you describe your coaching style? Um, I would say my coaching style is uh, one, I'm a teacher uh, and then I'm very passionate about, you know, what I do. Um, and I would like to I would say that just 
very understanding. You know what I mean? It, it's, I think you have to understand like the players, one, uh, the players don't live it like we do as coaches. Um, so being able to bridge that gap and understand and get them to best understand what you're trying to get done um, and just start small and then work to a bigger picture. Um, I feel like if you can get players to understand where they fit and why they have to do certain things when it comes to certain concepts in the run game and the pass game, um, it better helps them learn. So uh, that's how I would describe my coaching style. And then uh, after your time, well, I guess what 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 sticks out to you the most about your time at Harvard? Uh, I want to say just the players, really, uh, the players and the relationships, um, and just learning that system um, was very helpful for me because it forced me to get out of my comfort zone. Um, you know, because I didn't know anything about option football, um, but you know, being able to go there and adapt and learn. And then uh, we had a we had a pretty good season, man. It was crazy because we started off 0-3. And I had never had a losing season in my career as a player. So I was like, oh, no, I don't know. I remember telling Ethan Morris, I remember telling Ethan, I was like, man, I don't know if this is going to work for me. <laughs> I was like, man, I ain't, I ain't used to losing, man. But um, we uh, we rattled off 11 straight wins, man. Uh, got to the semis, played Texas and Commerce, came up short. Um, they ended up winning the whole the national championship that year, uh, 2017. But uh, for the most part, I want to say just the kids and then, you know, just the staff and just seeing a different state, like different high school football, like in Arkansas, uh, meeting those coaches. They were great. They were awesome. Um, and then just, you know, being in a different Division II conference at JAC, um, it was just – it was all good, man. It was a good time. Uh, and then from there, you go to Georgia Southern, and your 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 first year there, you all had a massive turnaround. You were two and ten. <laughs> you were ten the year prior. Yeah. You went ten and three. So I'm like, <laughs> what? Okay, now what? What? Uh, what happened during that season? Because I mean, that's a massive jump. In, in, in yeah, well, it was it was crazy because okay, when I, I'm at Harding and the job is Southern opened up and. You know, I was blessed that Kenny Wheaton, who I was with at Harding, he knew Bob the best, who was the OC there at the time. And I was like, you know, they offered me a job. And I was like, well, dang, they were 2 and 10 a year before. You know, Chad Lunsford was going to his first year as full-time head coach. And, you know, we had just went 11 and 3 at Harding, you know, bringing a lot of guys back. So I was like, man, what, you know, but it was an opportunity, you know, learn a different offense because they run, we were running the uh, option from the gun. Um, and, you know, like I said, it was a chance to go FBS and be a grad assistant. Um, so that 10 and 3 year was crazy, man. It, it was nuts. It was nuts. Um, but it was it was really fun, man. Got to go to a bowl game. Uh, we won the Camellia Bowl on a Tyler Bass walk-off field goal over Eastern Michigan. Um, so we got a ring there. It was it was a lot of really crazy things that had to happen, man. Crazy thing. We had a plus 22 turnover margin. So, I mean, we were – Train turnovers, we weren't turning the ball over, man. We had some really good players um, who bought into what we were doing, and it was just, you know, overall just a great, you know, staff effort and just kudos to the players, man. They bought in what we were doing. They fought, uh, and then they just found a way to win games, um, and it was just a really great year. Um, and then you 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 stay there for a couple of years, and then you end up at Abilene Christian with Coach Doral. So how do we get to the point – uh, where you you go from Georgia Southern to Abilene Christian? So um, I was at Georgia Southern that last year. Um, we got to change the offensive coordinator. Uh, you know, I remember Coach Chad Lunsford called me. 
Uh, and it was crazy, man, because I got my first full-time job at Georgia Southern and I got fired from my first full-time job. So it was, <laughs> it was crazy, man. I'd admit through a lot in my young coaching career. So um, that was kind of a blessing in disguise, man. I got the call from uh, Coach Mario Jarabelle, who's with the uh, Atlanta Falcons right now. He was the O-line coach at Abilene Christian. He called me up, uh, offered me a receiver's GA job. Um, and I was like, cool, like, I'll go. Um, I got there. I talked to James Curley, who's at UCO now. We got a, we formed a really good relationship. Uh, Coach Josh Lamerson, who was at UCO, now he's at Central Missouri. Uh, it was just something about the staff, man. I took the job and got down there. And it was crazy because Mario ended up leaving to the Falcons. And then we moved Drew Little to O-line. I remember I was at Abilene Christian for like a week and a half. And then Coach Dore called and was like, you want to coach tight ends? And I was like, well, I never coached tight ends before. And uh, he was just one of the things I respect about him is he's he told me he was like, it'll help you in your career, man. Help you learn run game. Uh, you get to go to a new position. Um, he's like, you know, receiver play, uh, you know, pass game, you know, from playing it and coaching it all this time. So um, he asked me to coach tight ends and I said yes. And, you know, that whole year it was kind of a, a change, learning a different offense again because uh, we're more pro style, you know, with Coach Doral. And, you know, I leaned a lot on not only Coach Curley, but also Coach Dora himself and also uh, Coach Drew Little, who was coaching my whole line at the time, just, you know, getting drill works and different tips and things like that when it comes to coaching tight end position. Um, they helped make the transition easy. And, you know, I just – I've always appreciated that about Coach Dora. He's very transparent um, with a lot of things. And, you know, he gave me an opportunity. So, what, what was the biggest learning curve moving from receiver to coaching tight end? The biggest learning curve? Um, I would say it's all the communication, man, within the run game. Uh, in my opinion, you know, I, and like I said, I'm not, I'm only saying this because I coach him. I think tight end is one of the hardest positions uh, on the football field. I think you got to be a really good athlete and you got to be really, really smart and versatile because, I mean, you got to know what's going on in the run game and you also got to be able to know what's going on and how you fit in the pass game. Um, but I think the biggest thing that I had to learn was how to manage my individual time, um, understanding that, you know, you got this set amount of time where you got to do a really good job throughout the week of figuring out where your guys are deficient at and what you need to work on to squeeze it all in. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. um, and just understanding like, hey, like what I do is I got a sheet, you know, with all my drill work and I kind of go through and at the end of like Wednesday, I go and I look at it. And it's like, OK, well, we need to probably hit this or we need to probably hit that. Does that make sense? And it's just mm -hmm. organizing, trying to figure out like how to fit all your anytime in, man. And be it most efficient with it when you come to drill work. Um, so you so the thing you you keep having to learn new offenses. Does does it does it ever like get to a point where it's confusing, or or do you get things mixed up from the different offenses, or, or can you kind of keep it in check? Uh, not really. Um, it's more so you got to get in. Um, I like to think you know football. Think of football as being like universal football, right? Everyone's even though like we were in a option offense at Georgia Southern. Um, like if we handed the ball off on the dive, it was, you know, we were scheming it up with like inside zone. So uh, inside zones, inside zone, regardless if you're at Abilene Christian or if you're at Georgia Southern. Um, now the blocking scheme, the way you block things was a little different. Um, but, you know, for the most part, it's all, you know, I did, you know, I, I was just really big on taking notes, man. Like just taking notes. I was to the point where, you know, anytime Coach Doral says something or Coach Curley says something when it came to, like, run game or Coach Little, Drew, you know, Coach Little, it was just, like, write it down. You know what I mean? Just write it down and study it. Um, and I think 
that's part of, you know, what kind of helped me is just studying and not being afraid to ask questions. Okay. Like, I mean, I live with Coach Curley. I still do. I lived with my ACU and it was just like we had a we had a whiteboard at the house and it was like anytime I had a question, like we'd sit there and we'd watch the film at the practice together. And I'd be like, hey, like, what do you think of the tight end right here? You know what I mean? Like, what would you tell them? Um, you know, just trying to get a more understanding overall of a totality. I remember like me and Drew, like we'd go in there and we on Thursdays um, before we did Friday, Thursday after practice or whatever, we'd go in there and we would just go through like what we were going to give the guys like tips or minors. Um, we would draw through every run play to different fronts or protections or things like that. Um, so that kind of helped me learn it a little bit more um, is just not being afraid to ask questions. Um, okay. So then talk, talk about, so uh, when, when did you, I guess, when, when did, how did you find out when coach Doral decided to bring you with him from Abilene to UCO? Um, it was crazy. Cause I was, um, I was actually packing up my stuff in Abilene, man. I was going to go back to Houston, you know, chill at the crib for a little bit, but he called me and he, you know, it was rumors around that he could possibly get in his job. Um, I didn't know. Um, but when he called me, you, he was like, hey, um, I'd like for you to come coach tight ends with me. I got the UCO job. And I told him, I said, well, coach, I kind of want to see the place first and, you know, sit down with you and ask some questions. Um, and then obviously Coach Sanders is here. Rashad Sanders, our D-line coach, me and him played together at West Texas. Um, so he was in my ear like, you got to come, man. You got to come. We could turn this thing around. And I was like, all right, Rashad. I was like, man, let me come see it first. You know, and then I had, and then I had my family in Laden who were kind of, they were excited. My mom's family in Laden. So my mom was like, man, it'd be, it'd be great. You know what I'm saying? Your grandparents down there, all your family. Um, so I remember coming up here um, for the press conference where they introduced him. Um, and I think the thing, you know, that kind of sold me uh, was just the support from the administration. Um, I'm a big believer that, you know, a football program is only going to be as good as the support from administration to people from the top. Um, and just the talks I had with Stan Wagner, our AD, um, about his future for the program uh, and how he was going to support us and the boosters and everything like that. And then I remember sitting down with Coach Dorland. You know, he explained his vision. He explained why he thought he could win here. Um, and, you know, he sat down and I remember telling him, I was just like, he was explaining all that. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm in. You know, and then he, he asked if I wanted to be the recruiting coordinator, which I had, I had no experience of being a recruiting coordinator, never done it before. Um, and he was like, I think you'd be good at it. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> I was like, I'll do it, man. I love recruiting. So I was like, all right, cool. Like, I'll do that for you. So. Um, that moment, like when it really changed when I came for that press conference, man, and just seeing the support we had, and then seeing um, the school, the university as an academic from an academic standpoint, and then just a facility standpoint, and um, it was just like for me another year to learn a tight end position and get a year, you know, under my belt as a recruiting coordinator. So I was like, yeah, I'm good, I'm in. Okay, now you met, you are a recruiting coordinator. So like, what what does that really deep deep detail like what 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 is that what is that role? Uh everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything, man. Like, look, I tell people I tell people all the time, man, like, you know, everybody in the country is running inside zone. Everyone's, you know, tackling, running the ball, catching the ball. It's you know, you get really good athletes on your team, really good players, man, it make my job a lot easier. So <laughs> um 
No, I um, I'm kind of you know I wear a lot of different hats. Um, I do all the recruiting stuff. Um, I do the social media stuff. I'm a social media coordinator as well. Um, so just recruiting, man, is just understanding. You know, help evaluate kids, help set up. You know, all the stuff on the pipelines, uh, make things easier for our coaches. Uh, map out where they're going to go on the road uh, when it's time to recruit. Um, help organize and get kids um, to campus to come visit. Um, set up, you know, visits for in the fall. We'll have game day visits and official visits. And it's just a lot of organization, man, a lot of organization um, having to work hand in hand with our compliance office um, and then our administration as well to get these things all organized. And um, I can say this, you know, we were able to put together our 22 class, um, which I think is a really talented group. Um, they're here now working out and I think we have a really good class, man. And, you know, it's just UCO's brand. You probably see it on social media, man. It's just, you know, I get it all the time. People are like, dang, UCO's all over social media. And, you know, that's what, as a recruiting coordinator, social media coordinator, like, that's what I want. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, you got OU, you got Oklahoma State, you got Tulsa. But then, I mean, you got UCO. Um, And I just want a lot of people to know about us um, and our brand. And when they see the logo, they know, you know, they know who we are. So. That's just a uh, gist of. Oh, oh, go ahead. Oh, you guys are saying that's just a, a short synopsis of what I do. Yeah. Uh, now you mentioned the 2022 class, and I, I, I was very impressed when I sat down and I watched the film. Uh, the quality class you all were able to put together in such a short time, because I don't coach Doral didn't get the job till like late November, early December, and then obviously he had to assemble you all, and 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 you're the the two tight ends you went out and signed. Uh, Oscar Hammond from Collinsville and uh, Tyler McCarty out of Tuttle. What what did you what did you like about those two? Um, so I'll start with Oscar first. So Oscar's film, you watch it, it's kind of different because he didn't play any tight end. Um, he played a lot. Of, he played outside receiver and he played safety. So, um, but when you watch his film, what you see is a lot of athleticism, a lot of athleticism, man. And, what we do with our tight ends, um, you've got to be athletic. you got to be able to play in space, and you also got to be able to, you know, put your hand in the ground and help us in the run game blocking-wise. But um, you look at his frame, um, he has an older brother who's about 6'2", six, 6'3", six, and he's he's huge. Um, so it's more so just a projection thing, man. Broad-shouldered kid, he can run. Um, so, he, you know, his frame, he can hold a lot of weight while still maintaining his athleticism. Um, so I'm excited about him. Um, like I said, I think he can do a lot of different things. I tell my coaches all the time, uh, when you talk about universal football, we just want to recruit a bunch of really, really good athletes and then find places for them to play um, on the football field. And then um, I'll talk about Tyler. Um, Tyler, to me, you know, just looking at his high school film and just looking at him, um, I, I think he was a steal. You know, I, I think he was a steal, man, for us. Uh, you talk about a freshman coming in who's 6'7", 235 pounds. Um, already um, right down the street in Tuttle. Uh, really good basketball player. So, you know, he just played going to watch him play basketball. The kid averaged like 15 and 20 in basketball. Um, so, you know, he has really good feet, uh, really good hand-eye coordination. He's really, really strong um, already. already. So you get the, both of those guys in here. Um, you know, obviously we got Dante McGee, who in my opinion is, you know, one of the top tight ends in this conference. Um, can do a lot for us. So just getting those guys in here and letting them learn for him a little bit. Uh, I think the sky's the limit for both of those guys, man. 
Oh uh, no, you, you you already mentioned Dante. Now I know you 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 had the you had the spring to kind of get to know the, the group that you inherited. Uh, yeah. what, what 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 did you what did you learn about that group? What do you like about that group that you kind of inherited? Um. Well, first I learned one they want to be coached. Um. They're eager to be coached. You talk about they come to the office all the time, just trying to learn. Um. They've done a really good job of just you know watching film, asking questions, um, and then. I learned, you know, we got a really athletic group, man. You know, I'm coming coming from not only Georgia Southern, but also Abilene Christian. I've been blessed to see some really good, talented tight ends. Um, I had a lot of athleticism, and this group is uh, right there with them. Uh, I think true heartedly, you know, I believe Dante McGee can play in the NFL. Um, that's just my opinion. Um, and I think, you know, with him buying into what, we, what we're doing, um, and you see it right now, like he's really changed his body. I think he's set himself up to have a really great um, senior year. But no, I got a really athletic group, man, who, who love to play football. Uh, and, you know, they can do a lot of things, not only in a run game, but also in a pass game. Um, they bought into just our standards, you know, being technicians, playing with hand violence, um, and then just having a role, uh, whether it be having to play 45 to 80 plays or playing on three or four special teams that, they want to play football. So um, we're a young group, but, you know, I'm excited for them um, coming up this fall for sure. I, I, I share a little bit with Dante because I you know he did in the past. He hadn't gotten a lot of opportunities, but when he did, you could see there's something special in there with him. Uh, and, and you mentioned the lack of experience, Willie. And he's the lone upperclassman. I know talking to him, he mentioned um, leadership is something that's got to be big for him this year. How do you feel like he's coming along in that regard? Uh, well, I think he's uh, he's made tremendous strides as being a leader. Um, I think part of being a leader is understanding and learning how to lead. Uh, one thing Coach Doro and us as a staff focused on um, this whole spring was we didn't talk anything about goals. It was more so about culture. Um you know, we were four and seven last year, but a lot of those games, and you know it because you covered them, they were close games, right? They're, you know, winnable games. Um, a play here or there, and it's like, man, this could probably be a playoff team. So, um, but, you know, the guys have done a good job, man, buying into what, you know, we're trying to do. And like I said, Dante's right there. He's he's become more of a leader. And, you know, the biggest thing I'm happy and proud of him for is he's bringing guys along. Um, you know, when I'm over there coaching one tight end that's in, he's in the back coaching up young guys, you know, trying to give them tips and and, you know, different things that he does to try to, you know, make the game easier for him. Uh, he's been great with our freshmen so far. Um, he lives, him and Tyler live together um, and they're constantly pushing each other. So uh, I think it'll be good, man. Like I said, we got a young group, man, but, you know, Dante is going to be a leader for us um, and definitely excited, you know, about the entire group uh, coming into the fall. Uh, you mentioned that you all you talked culture, trying to instill the culture. How has that how has that process gone? Have 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 guys been buying into that? Because the few I've talked to, they they really seem to have bought in and 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 really have have kind of seemed like taking the 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 bull by the horn. Uh yeah, um, I think one thing you know we're proud of our guys for is they've done a good job of buying into what we're trying to get accomplished. You know what I mean? They're you know, we haven't had a lot of guys who have, you know, been reluctant to buy into what we're doing. Um, and I think you can see that just by the spring game. You know, the guys are holding each other accountable um, from a player standpoint. Um, 
And it's everyone on the team, you know, not just our, you know, leadership council guys who we voted for. It's everybody. Um, one thing that we've noticed, you know, just in our short time here is, is you come around and you watch our guys work out um, from and let's take it from a recruiting standpoint. You know, we've had numerous of parents come and, and tell us, man, your guys practice so hard or, you know, they're so respectful or the energy is just different um, at UCO right now. And I think you see that not only on campus, but also throughout the community. Um, you know, you go around places um, to eat and things like that. And people are like, man, like you coach at UCO football. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like excited about um, this fall, you know, not just, you know, obviously the renovations and everything going on uh, from that aspect. But I think, you know, from the community to um, on campus, you know, I actually actually went and talked to fraternities and sororities about our program. And they're excited about this fall um, coming to games. And I think if you were at our spring game. We had a pretty good turnout. Um, and our spring game, I know we got canceled due to weather, but I think it's an testament to not only our players, but also our staff um, of just trying to help build the brand and image of the university and of the program. Um, kind of thing. Okay, so now you you mentioned earlier that you your main goal is you want to recruit athletes and then you yep. can kind of coach them from there. But like, is there any specific traits that you look for? when you're looking at, at potential tight end recruits? Uh, yeah. So when it comes to recruiting tight ends, um, I like guys who play multiple sports. Um, I love basketball players uh, because the footwork aspect of it, um, a lot of stuff in the run game, um, you got to have really good footwork, especially, you know, when it comes to blocking, also being out on the edge, um, blocking guys in space and then just the hand-eye coordination. Uh, and then, you know, if they wrestle, that's another plus um, just because, you know, wrestling is a tough combative sport. Um, you got to be tough to play that position, um, the tight end position. Um, but no, it's just, it's just more so just trying to get athletic guys who have a, the size and frame uh, to do what we're going to ask our tight ends to do. And then obviously you got to be smart. I think one of the most crucial aspects for me when I get guys in here um, that play tight end and we meet is I love to show them their high school film. Um, and then I show them film of our tight ends and what we do. And I just kind of show them like where it correlates and, you know, how they fit in what we do offensively. Uh, so that's really the biggest thing that I'm looking for when I'm recruiting tight ends. Um, and so heading uh, into camp, I guess, what, 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 what do you feel like you need to see uh, the most improvement out of, of your tight end group? Um, I think the most improvement going into – uh, fall camp that we're putting a big emphasis on is just technique, um, just technique, technique, technique. Uh, this spring, you know, I just kind of wanted to see who can play football, who would get in there, who'd be physical, um, who would fight, um, that type of deal. I think they did a really good job with that. Now it's more so fine tuning the technique aspect of it and also improving just our overall football IQ. Um, not, not so much of only our playbook and what we do offensively, but also your understanding of the defense. Um, I'm a big believer that the more you know uh, from a football IQ standpoint, the, may, the more the game will slow down for you, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's kind of our emphasis going throughout this summer. Um, and then heading into fall camp, that's going to be our biggest emphasis, getting ready for that uh, first game. Uh, I guess my, my final football-related question to you would, would be, do, what, 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 do you, what do you hope to see out of your unit this, this season? Uh, the tight ends or the whole offense? Oh, uh, I guess you could say both, I guess. Both. Um, 
what I want to say to the tight ends, uh, really, like I said, I just want them to kind of having a young group. Uh, we have a lot of guys who, well, outside of Dante, you know, we have a lot of guys who are just playing the first snaps of college football. Um, so I think I just want to see constant improvement uh, as we go week to week. Um, and some guys are going to have to grow up fast. You know what I mean? They're going to have to adjust to the speed of the game. Um, so just understanding that the season is a marathon, not a sprint, especially being in this conference that we're in, um, probably the, the toughest conference in Division II football. Um, you're going to see a lot of good teams each and every week. As you know from covering it, man, it's, mm-hmm. it's a dogfight each and every week. Uh, so just for them to be able to handle it maturity-wise um, and understanding that, hey, you might get beat on a play, but it's not the end of the world. Like, you got to bounce back and let's go. Um, and then just, you know, being selfless. Uh, we talk about all the time our core values of being selfless, tough, and disciplined. Um, and still those core values in them and then having them to be able to lean back on those when things get tough throughout the season. Um, and then as far as the offense, man, I think uh, coming into this um, as a staff and just seeing the guys that we had offensively, I think we have a lot of playmakers. We have a lot of dynamic uh, football players on our offense, um, including guys that we are getting back. And then when you add in just um, our freshman class with that, like we have a ton of really good football players. Now it's going to be more so, like I said, same deal with tight ends, same deal with the offense, just being able to fall back on all the things that we work on from January up until when we go to kick off week one um, and just relying on your core values and then just your your goals and, and everything that you learn and not straying away from those when things get hard. Um, so I think that's one of the things I'm looking for for the offense. I think we got a chance to be a really good offense. Um, and just a really good team in, in general. So I'm excited, man, for sure. Um, well, before I get you out of here, I do this with with, with all the all the new guests, uh, kind of get to know your questions. Um, okay. you, you you have a, a favorite sports team? Favorite sports team? Uh, it'd be wherever LeBron James is playing. <laughs> okay, that is, so that he's clearly a Lakers fan, and we know it's uh, hey, it was tough. Hey. It's tough season. <laughs> it's a tough hey, it season. Was tough. It was that, tough, man. That, it was tough. Now, can, can they can they turn it around next year? Uh, yeah, I think they can, man. You look at, I mean, a lot of the games. I mean, they just they just were not healthy. And like in the NBA, it's all about continuity, just like football. Um, you got to be able to play with guys, and uh, obviously bringing Russ in. I know Russ gets all the slander. Everyone, you know, they're quick to you know diminish him by how he played last season. But then again, that's only one season, right? I'm, if that's the case, heck, I've had I've coached bad games. So I'm glad they don't, you know, diminish me off of one bad coaching game. But <laughs> uh, I think, you know, getting a new coach, getting a ham guy in there, and uh, I'm excited, man. I think you get LeBron healthy, you get AD healthy, um, and you get those guys a full training camp offseason, kind of work with each other and get to know each other. I think sky's the limit. They'll be fine. Yeah. Um, I see. Okay, your, your, your favorite hobby outside of football? Uh, gaming. When I'm not okay. sleeping. <laughs> I work a lot, man, so I enjoy my sleep. But uh, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big gamer, man. Y'all probably see it on there, man. I'll be Twitch streaming and all that good stuff. So uh, I'm big in that into gaming. Okay, now what? What's your what's your game of choice? So I'm a, first of all, I'm on PS4. Uh, I don't I don't do Xbox. I'm not an Xbox guy. Uh, I'm a PlayStation <laughs> Four guy through and through. Um, but no, so when I first started streaming. Uh, I used to work at the bank. I was streaming big. Got into it. I was a big Madden guy. I used to play online franchises, all that. Um, 2K. As of late, um, I've been on Call of Duty Warzone a lot. That's probably my game of choice right now. Uh, a lot of my 
you know, followers on Twitch and everything in the comments. They want me to play Rocket League, so I downloaded it. Haven't played yet, um, but I promise them I will get to it. But, no, I'll probably pick back up on Madden 2K um, here this summer when I got some time off, man. Get on there and play a little bit. So who 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 has been your uh, Madden team of choice? Uh, Madden team of choice, it's crazy because I kind of play with a lot of different teams. Uh, I will say, you know, doing the online connected franchise, sometimes you get stuck with just random teams and you just got to kind of make it work. Um, so I really don't have a Madden team of choice. Um, I just kind of go with the flow, man. I just kind of go with the flow. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see here. Okay. Your, your, your favorite TV show. Favorite TV show, man, this is tough. <laughs> um, Snowfall. I'm a big Snowfall guy. Um, Law and Order SVU. Um, man, I, I watch a lot of TV. Um, the Office. I, I watch every season, every season episode of The Office, <laughs> man. Um, but no, nah, Snowfall, Snowfall probably is, is that's one of the hottest shows out right now. So anybody watching this, if you ain't seen it, go check it out. It's a pretty good show. It is pretty good. It is pretty good. Um, you have a favorite movie? Favorite movie, Paid in Full, hands down. Okay. Paid in Full. That is by far that's my favorite movie for sure. Okay. Love it. Classic. Um you see your your favorite musical artist. Favorite musical artist, Lil Wayne. Okay. And I know everybody give everybody give my man slander, but growing up, you know, I was I was coming up in the age where he was like going, which so hands down, that's my favorite musical artist, man. I'm a you know, the Carter Two to Carter Three were some of the best albums out. Um when the mixtape era was going, he was kind of he was the hottest one out, you know, with the no ceilings, the drought three, all that good stuff. So um, I'd have to say Lil Wayne for sure. So so you 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 are in the camp of, of old Lil Wayne over new Lil Wayne. No, nah, I'm all I'm through and through. It's the same deal with LeBron. When LeBron started playing and, you know, if he did ever decide to start tailoring off a little bit, I'm, I'm still riding with him, man. It, nah, I'm, I'm through and through. I ain't no uh, Fairweather fan. I mean, that's him. He's him. He can do no wrong. So. I'm good. Okay. Well, I, I I asked that because uh, your quarterback is a, a Stephon Brown and running back yeah. Jay's Gardner. They're on the they're on the old little way. E, e, even though Jay's trying to clean it up at first, trying to try to give Blue Wayne some credit. So I I just thought that was okay. Um, them, kids, them kids so young, man. They don't even know. They, they ain't listening. <laughs> nah, they ain't listening. Man. So. Okay, so your 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 favorite Little Wayne song. Uh, my favorite Little Wayne song, gosh dang, the Mob on the Carter Two, um, Three Pete on the Carter Three, um, Band from TV, God dang, um, it's just so much. You can go into like the Dedication Two, that cla- that that mixtape's a classic. I just, I mean, it's hard, man. It's hard to just name one. Um, I could just go on and on. Uh, playing with fire, money on my mind. Like <laughs> the blog is hot. Like I mean, <laughs> it's it's so <laughs> look leather so soft. Hustle, hustler music. Like is this classic after classic, man? Like I could go. I could like when I drive on the road. I just put like I could just literally go to Lil Wayne, hit shuffle, and just let them all ride, man. Let them all ride. <laughs> um, nah, it, it's gossip. Like I can name songs that people be like, "Dang, what song is? That? I ain't no song." You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's like. It's a lot. 
Now, now, now you're from Texas, so so did you ever you ever get into the uh, Texas rap scene? Because I, I know you know Houston oh, yeah. is big with the yeah. uh, uh, DJ Screw and all that. So were you ever you know in, in, into that? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm a big I'm a big UGK fan. Uh, Pimp C, uh, Bum B, all those guys. Zero Zero is one of my you know really guy I like to listen to. Uh, he's good. Big Mo. It's just it's a lot, man. It's like Houston, Houston, like its own little, you know what I'm saying? We got our own little vibe down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, no, nah, I'm, I'm big into it for sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I recently got into it, I guess maybe a couple of years ago. And it's like, it, it, it's all I listen to now. Like, I'm like, man, this is yeah. really good. And I, I can never talk to people about it because they, they don't they don't know. So, like, <laughs> it's, it's different. Listen, I'm going to tell you like this here, man. You from Houston, uh, you know, obviously me being from that, you know, that area just, that zero most city done freestyle. Like if you from Houston, you know that song. You know what I'm saying? So you ain't heard it, go listen to it. Like I said, we got the players in the locker room banging in now, like they from the city. I kind of get past. Uh, but no, nah, it, it's listen, they got look, I'm here, I'm from, you know, I'm from Lee, which is south of Houston. And then we got Coach McGuire, he a fellow Houston guy as well. So we got two on staff right now. So Okay. Good, good. Cause like I said, I'm I'm a big fan of the Houston. Music scene, I, I uh, yeah. Uh, okay, see your your favorite your favorite food. My favorite food, uh, my mom's chicken alfredo pasta. Okay, so it's it's by far is 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 really good, man. It's top of the game right there. Um, it's it's pretty good. Okay. Now, when you were a player, were, were were you one of these that was dressed to the gills in gear? Or were you more just a plain Jane? You you were just out there just to play. Nah, so so my favorite my favorite football player of all time, Chad Johnson, favorite football player of all time. Uh, he's a Hall of Famer, even though they don't want to put him in. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> um, so I was big on like him, you know, what I'm saying Deion Sanders. Like I was big. I think when I played, man, I just had like the leggings. Um, I had the leggings and an arm sleeve on. Uh, then you know I played with the earrings and all on the chain, so. You know, I was I was a receiver, man. You look good, you feel good, you play good. So, okay. Um, you, you have any pregame uh, routines that you normally do? Um, pregame routines. Well, every game day, um, and this is even now as a coach. Um, I've been doing this since like high school. Really, you know, I call my mom every morning um, on game day, talk to her a little bit, um, but. No, nah, I just kind of, I just kind of stay to myself and just kind of relax a little bit. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm not one of them coaches that gets like real, real like hype and all. I just kind of, I'm even killed, man. I'm kind of, kind of mellowed out. Um, I'll just be locked in and focused on what we got to go out there and do. So, okay. Uh, then my final question would be: Do you have a, a message to those out there that might still be on the fence of of, of coming to? Uh, give you all a, 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 a shot this, this this season about what they can uh, expect to see from you. Um, man, it's um, thing. What I can tell people is this, man: is is um, our guys are putting in a lot of work. Um, they're working hard, but um, you know we still got to go out there and play. Um, right now, you know we're zero on zero. Uh, it's a new year, but just. Looking at our guys, and there's some things we got to clean up, man. But I will say this: um, 
being around them, things are, things are different. Uh, I feel like the energy is different. They got a new swagger about them. Um, and then us as a staff, we click together. Um, we vibe together. Like I said, we've been together since January. Um, and you couldn't tell uh, being around us. Um, but I think, you know, we're poised to to do some good things. You know, we got a lot of really good football players coming back. Um, I know everyone knows about our defensive line. Uh, one of the best in the conference. Um, they're coming back. And then uh, quarterback-wise, Stephon Brown's made tremendous strides. Um, we've had tremendous improvement with our O-line. Um, and got to give a big shout-out to our offensive line and even our defensive line. Those guys have done a really good job. We've been on them um, just about body weight and body comp and, and nutrition, and they've done a great job of buying in um, to what we're doing um, and understanding that in order for us to be successful, it's going to start with those guys. Um, and then you look at our skill positions. I mean, we got the chance to be really explosive in our back end. When you talk about our linebackers and secondary, um, those guys are explosive, which you saw throughout the spring. Uh, what we're doing defensively is a little different. Um, and then obviously offensively coming in and doing what we do um, is very tough to defend. So I think we got a really good shot to be um, to be good this year uh, here in the fall. So excited about it, man. And, and, you know, just, you know, September 1st, can't wait. Uh, well, Coach, I, I appreciate you taking time this evening to come on and, and talk to me. And like I said, I'm, I, I know last, last season, I felt the record was somewhat misleading because there was two or three one-score games. Uh, you know, it is a bad break here, bad break there. Uh, and yeah. I, I feel like the, the, the talent level is better than the record has suggested. And so I'm really excited to uh, see the the see what we're looking like because I know everybody I've talked to is excited they, they, they bought the players I've talked to they, they bought in they're really hyped about this new beginning so uh, I'm really looking looking forward to it and uh, I'm, I'm wishing you the best of luck this season and if you ever want to come back on you're, you're more than welcome to oh man I, I appreciate it man and uh, anytime I get a chance to talk UCL football uh, whether it be uh, recruiting or just talk about the guys I'm all for it just let me know um, I'm easy to reach uh, like I said, you're doing a great job, man. Just, you know, help grow the brand at UCO, UCO Athletics. Um, so shout out to you and um, to any recruits out there, man. You know, hey, come check us out, man. Our doors are always open. Reach out to us. Uh, we'll set it up. So I appreciate it, man. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. Thank you. Now I want to thank uh, Coach Donald again for coming on. That, that was a really insightful interview. Uh, mainly because of the fact that he kind of tipped the hat there that going to be a pro-style type offense, which I, I wish, again, if you go back to signing day, I had suggested a run first, but I was thinking more of a power spread just because I uh, knowing Steph's ability to, to run. So I'm not too, too surprised by this because, again, I just feel like the strength is probably the running game. Now, he did mention, he also mentioned uh, two very important things at the tail end there, uh, where he mentioned the the that Steph has taken big big strides. Uh, we know this is key because if you listen to not only the Stephon Brown one on one, which he said so, which said that he needed to make improvements uh, himself. But if you listen to my uh, 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 the, the the quarterback breakdown on the season recaps over there on the YouTube channel. Uh, then you would you would know that we, we do need Steph uh, to kind of take that next step as a passer there because I feel like that that along with the offensive line and coach did uh, a touch on the offensive line that they've also made great strides which is very key uh, which is very key because I, I'm 100% agreeance with him 
on the fact that the skill guys, if you combine what we have returning, uh, if you combine the, the quality class that's coming in there, I, I really think it could be a dangerous unit. But that offensive line, it, it, it definitely has to take the next step because we all know what happened last year. We're not going. We're not going to hash that, but we do know that it it, it it did hold. It held a lot, a lot back, and so uh, to hear that they made significant improvements there uh, over the spring is is extremely, extremely encouraging. And then his final point that I wanted to hammer home was that he mentioned he believed that uh, our dear friend here on the podcast, Dante McGee, uh, has 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 a chance at the next level. I had quietly believe that okay I, I i i did because again you can't tell me you're talking about a dude six five i think he said he was a two he said that did he say he was a 250 260 not 275 regardless that that a man of of his stature and and his ability uh as, as a catch and run guy i mean listen we, we saw the clips we saw the clips numerous times i might show it again on the youtube channel video here He just, it just is a guy I believe you can't tell me would not get a shot, okay? And and, and at least at at one of the various leagues, whether it be NFL, CFL, USFL, XFL, you can't tell me that 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 is a guy that also would not uh, would 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 not get any kind of looks because I I really feel like he 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 is that good, but. uh, it, it, it was a very, very fruitful conversation there with Coach Donald. I definitely will tend to bring him on again in the, in the near future because that, that was a really good interview. Uh, first time talking to the man, and, and I'm, I'm a huge fan uh, already. Before we get out of here, do I forgot to mention this actually. Should have probably mentioned this Monday. I mentioned it now. Uh, an update about two former UCL Broncos. You've got... My man TJ Roberts, who has been a guest on here uh, so far during the preseason with the uh, Edmonton Elks over up there in Canada, has looked pretty darn good there. Uh, but yet, yet he actually got some, some airtime there on the uh, Instagram story. So uh, shout out there to uh, uh, TJ doing big things up there, trying to carry the Bronco name. And then in the uh, USFL, you recall Draquan Brown, the the a man of six and a half sacks in the last five games, uh, 2019. I saw had a couple of tackles there in last week's loss. Unfortunately for them, uh, on Sunday's loss there, uh, but uh, it's, it's good to see good good to see Broncos doing uh, big things there in the professional ranks. So uh, they said this is day three of four. So uh, you should be up here Thursday. It should be Thursday. So tomorrow should be the final interview for the week. It is another football coach. That is the only hint that you are getting. So until tomorrow, my name is Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.